0: In this episode of The Ziegler Show, you have problems in your life that need solving and you've got goals for your life that require decisions. I mean, the greatest minds of all time budgeted specific time in their days to simply think, to really sit and without input or distraction, think, to use the machine of their brain to crunch the data and consider the options and do what nobody or nothing else can do for them. I mean, the great art and ideas that we all benefit from and applaud came from someone who took the time to think them up, to fertilize the seeds of their mind and nourish and nurture and come forth to bear the fruit from all the input they've gotten. Well, if we want great solutions and ideas and actions from ourselves, we must take the time to sit and think. I mean, here's a concern. In his book, Two Chairs, author Bob Bodine, who I recently had breakfast with, he calls us to spend time listening to God, sitting a chair in front of us and trusting that God knows what our needs are, then sitting to listen for his direction. And what's the primary obstacle in doing that? Well, it's trusting that you'll actually hear anything from God. Well, my concern likewise is when it comes down to it, we doubt that our thinking, our taking time to listen to ourselves will actually result in anything of value. So instead we clamber to hear from others. So they'll tell us what to do. And this isn't a call for self-sufficiency. It's just a budget. We take in input, we take in counsel, and we take time to think on it deeply and with faith and expectation. So next Tom Ziegler and I are going to have a conversation on this issue. Welcome to The Ziegler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. On The Ziegler Show, our focus is getting to the root of personal and business development by digging into what actually helps us change and transform and achieve the progress we feel called to. Here, I bring today's most influential people onto the show and take captive the core issues of human performance to have conversations about what really matters to our personal fulfillment. And you can go beyond merely listening and join our community of people devoted to making positive change in their life and work. Come over to KevinMiller.com. Co, and join my driven to live community. Go from listening to these messages to fully applying them to your life. All right, here's my premise, Tom. I mean, we are in the business of good input. I mean, your dad, Zig Ziglar, he was like the godfather of good input, right? Uh, You can uh, you're who you are and where you are because of what's gone in your mind. You can change who you are and where you are by changing what you put in your mind. So. Here we are. We're doing podcasting. You're, you know, you've got a book coming out. I will soon. We're putting content out. We're taking in content. Everything we write and speak and that comes out is stuff that has been, we've had catalysts from other people putting it. So input, input, input. And so, but my muse, however, is, you know, we get all this input and where is it going? Is it flying through kind of like a filter and we're hoping to glean a little bit? When do we really stop and chew on it? If we are, Getting a degree. If we're in school, getting a degree. Uh, if we're out, getting a certification, getting a license. We're taking an input that we then have to uh, we have to work on and come out with a learning. This is something we now know. It's a skill, uh, a set. It's an experience. It's something that we can impart to others. Um, I mean, if you go to medical school, you go there to learn how to do it. So when you come out, you can do brain surgery if that's your you know gig. When are we doing? that. And it's just, you know, the, the old school thought of, I get the best ideas in the shower. And I've always thought, or especially lately, is that because it's the only time when we stop taking input in and actually sit there and chew on some of the things that we have taken in. And it's just continued to chew on, on me, this thought of when do we stop and really look out the window, consider, contemplate, ponder, the next area we need to make, we want to make change in and we want to transform. We're so intent on taking the information and in, when do we stop and really digest it? I think that's my, that's my concern here. And it's not anti taking in new input, but when are we stopping to think? Because as you know, we're at an all time high of a never ending amount of new information to take in.
1: Wow yeah the noise is deafening right the, the the amount of stuff that we we get and the thing that that amazes me is that um people it's like maybe we've got obesity of the mind like you know we don't look at the label we don't check the calorie content and the, the purity of what's going through and Uh, What happens to your body when you eat too much food? It can't break it down fast enough. Toxins start to build up and you start carrying it around in
0: places that don't look very good. (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, uh, but even even with good, good content, because, Tom, you're in a position like I am where, uh, I mean, the the amount of books that I get sent to me. Mm -hmm is, you know, in and of itself. But then the recommendations you got to listen to this podcast and you got to buy this book and you got to read this blog and you got to listen to this. You got to watch this video and it's all good, but there's too much. I mean, I could make it, I could be a spectator all day long to this stuff. And at some point I have to stop and do something with it. As you said, before we even started recording and we'll get into the doing part. Uh, But even there I have to, with the input, I just have to be judicious. I mean, you give me stuff sometimes, Kevin, you got to read this, got to listen to this stuff. And I've got books this year that are just from Tom Ziegler, and I got Randy James, you know, giving me, oh, you've got, he, he did this the other day. He says, Kevin, you have to listen to this. I'll, I will, I will pay for your access to it. You have to listen. And at the end of the day, there's just, there's so much time and we've got to be, I've got to be judicious with what I take in and then even further to go, okay, well, now what am I going to actually chew on that I transform as a result of? Yeah, and and
1: I got asked the question today, you know, what is it that you do that is the game changer that gets you closer to what it is you're trying to accomplish? And I think the first thing is, is you got to decide what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is the, maybe that's the filter. Maybe that's the um, that's the process by which you decide whether you're going to read a book, listen to a podcast or not you know, go hang out on social media for five minutes, 10 minutes or two hours, <laughs> yeah. you know, watch a TV series. I'm all about uh, planning, you know, break time and saying, hey, I'm going to go just enjoy. I'm just going to be entertained. I'm just going to go do something. Uh, but when, when everything blurs, <laughs> Right when you go when you go online to research something with intent, and then there's a link below, and you click it before you know it, forty five minutes have gone by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Nothing of value has popped up. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you know, um, the be still concept of just being still, just being still. And focusing in on that one thing, the one thing that can change everything, the one, the one process and given that concentrated think time without any distractions, you know,
0: maybe that is the cure we need right now. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm curious about, Tom. I mean, thinking about my engine as a brain, uh, uh, my brain as an engine of taking something and then taking it thought I have to, this is something I want to achieve, This is something I want to make progress. And this is a problem going back to your focus of people are more prone to be problem solving minded than goal minded even. But this is a problem I want to solve. And then when do I literally and I know you've done this right in your book. Cause you're writing your book and you probably had your resources out. You know, you had this book and this book and you're, you're thinking about this. I, I always want to be online for the most part, because I'll think of something that I want to resource or research or, or whatever. But then how often did you find yourself that, I mean, if you're going to get something good out of this page, this paragraph, this topic, I, I don't know what your thing is. I look out the window and I'm just sitting there looking out the window or looking down at the floor. Or, or maybe even looking at a screen with my eyes kind of glittering. And I'm just, I'm literally just thinking. I, and I have this perspective of, you know, there's a switch in my head and I click it on and I'm sitting there grinding away, kind of like the slow computer where the circle's going around trying to figure something out like they used to do. And the benefit that I get out of that. And I can do that if I'm driving, if I don't have other input coming in, I can do that when I'm riding or running. If I don't have other input coming in, I can do it in the shower, as people say, if there's not other input. But when do we stop the input? I, I'm really aware that a lot of times I can go out on a ride or a run and take a thought captive and have incredibly productive time out of that. There's also times when I'll decide, I just want to enjoy my ride or my run and I'll put music in. It kind of helps me from, from stewing on something and I don't want to, but I'm aware of that. If I put that input in, I'm Mm. not thinking normally now, you know, I'm going to give my own secret sauce for myself and that's going to be different for somebody else. There may be somebody else who has their best thoughts when they're thinking to music. So it's not to say the construct of what it is for you to think. But when do we, as an aspiring demographic, literally take time to sit there alone for however long and think and stew and use that brain to digest and work on that goal, that problem, that next step, that decision, as opposed to just seeking the next new input.
1: You know, dad, he, when he exercised, um, he never listened to anything, in fact, he coached against it. He said, "Don't. That's your greatest thing time is when you're exercising." Um, and for me personally, I'm all when I'm on the elliptical, I'm listening to something. I'm, you know, I'm trying to make the time go, and I'm but I'm listening to something intentional, usually something that um, can help me be a better presenter, or coach. S- there's a there's a big um when i talk about people in general so i'm going to give the model coach leaders on one side top performers on the other side and so on the on the top performer side there's pleasure and purpose mm-hmm. and i kind of do a scale so and so top performers are generally purpose driven mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a great question to ask, is is what I'm about to engage in, whatever the noise is, whether it's social media or a book or TV or even a conversation, is that for purpose or is it for pleasure? Mm -hmm. That might be just a great way, the first filter. Hey, am I going to listen to this for purpose or for pleasure? And if it's for pleasure, then you might uh, say, well, that's fine but I just got to make sure that I'm not losing ground. There's some music that edifies the soul and, and it opens you up and, and, and creates possibility. And there's other, that others that creates uh, anger and resentment. And, you know, it's just because music can do anything. Well, books can do the same thing. Social media can do the same thing. Yeah. So if you say, Hey, I'm going to go, this is for pleasure. Well, what is that that you're going to do? Is it going to, is it, is it going to, are you going to lose ground? Or are you going to stay the same? Or are you actually going to gain? So gosh. And then I read a quote by someone, I can't remember his name, but basically said that writing is really the exercise of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so let's put this all together. If, if you are having input and it's for purpose, what is the motive behind that purpose? What's the motive behind that purpose? Mm -hmm. So if that motive is to grow and learn something so that you can use that to impact someone else in a beneficial way, wow, that's a high purpose. So maybe uh, as we're talking this through, maybe as you input that great, information with that right motive that you automatically set aside some think time on that. Yeah. Right. And, and thinking it through and I, I get a lot of think time and it's usually around writing. Yeah. Cause I'll say, Oh, I need to share that. And then I go to writing and that's where all the thoughts
0: get organized and crystallized. I I was just listening to my past talk with Ben Hardy, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. He's the author of willpower doesn't work. And more recently, personality isn't perfect. And his new book with Dan Sullivan, I believe. The Gap and the Gain, which I'll probably have him on a show to talk about as well. But I was listening to this show that I did with him. It was actually, I I believe it was on my What Drives You uh, podcast and kind of hearing his story. And he had a massive life transformation and a lot of it came around for him. Again, this is not the... Structure for everybody, but to what you said about writing, it was around journaling. He filled. He said he's probably got a hundred journals that are full that he did on the average about an hour a day of journaling. Now, there, if you are merely journaling the history of your day, you know, today I ate breakfast and had a croissant and some coffee. And you know, there's some. There was a time in my life when I did that when I was traveling and I would kind of journal the day. I mean, that has value. In this context, though, the journaling of your thoughts, your feelings and your ideas to me, especially to think about that for you, for all of you who are taking in good content like this podcast to have a set aside budgeted time for the day that you're going to take some of that good input captive and what are your thoughts? What are your ideas? How do you want to apply this to your life? But it comes back to you, what you said, Tom, about knowing what it is. What is that priority? It makes me think of the Ziegler performance planner and starting the day off with that, where it guides you into what are today's priorities? What are today's areas of progress? What are today's decisions that would be helpful to make and to set aside some time of just thinking on those and I have not been as proactive. I have a lifestyle like yours, Tom, where I do have a good amount of time where I am able and uh, proactive in thinking, but I'm still not budgeting that. And yeah, especially with writing a book, it causes me to do that to where you take your stuff, take all your sources, you've got your concept, but now I have to do the hard work of really thinking which is why I often put it off. This thing that I enjoy doing, I love getting in the flow and getting in the zone of writing. In, in one sense, it's the most ex, it's exciting thing that I can do, but it's also hard. That's where I differ with that old quote of finding work you really enjoy. And you'll never work another day in your life. You know, it's like, it's all play. It's just not my experience necessarily. If it was just going to be all play, I think I would spend all day just mountain biking and eating cheesecake. That would be uh, play, but the actual worthwhile, valuable work I do, it's, it's hard work and it takes thinking. And it, it makes me think of Cal Newport. He wrote the book, deep work and had a lot of focus on that. When are we taking the time to really go deep? And, but we're just back to what you said. It, it requires us to know what we're about, what we're going after, what we want to achieve, What is that priority that we then take and really chew on? You are listening to the Ziegler show and my conversation with Tom Ziegler about taking the time to think we'll be right back. The only reason we're able to put out five shows a week on the what drives you podcast is we created a workflow and we complete a process. If you run an e-commerce business that ships products, there's a state-of-the-art process you can use to save a ton of time and resources, ShipStation. They're the shipping solution that integrates wherever you sell online and streamlines your workflow so your business can grow. We ran a supplement business for a while. I had one of my kids go sign up for ShipStation and boom, it was done. They said it was really simple, which I found out when they went on a trip and I had to step in for a few days. The ShipStation dashboard is really easy to use, and I realized how much of a discount they get, up to 89% off UPS, DHL Express, and USPS rates. So you can work less, ship more with ShipStation. It's the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com, use the code KEVIN to sign up for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code KEVIN. My family's big on candlelight, nice smells, essential oils, but most air fresheners and candles release dangerous chemicals into the air, and water based essential oil diffusers can diffuse harmful contaminants in your water and into the air you breathe. Aroma true is the -the state-of-the-art waterless atomizing diffuser that transforms essential oils into a fine mist without the need for water, which means no more sticky messes and worries about mold or bacteria. AromaTrue's innovative design efficiently disperses up to four oils at a time, allowing you to create your own custom fragrance blends with just the touch of a button. AromaTrue also provides sustainably produced USDA-certified organic or wildcrafted essential oils so you're breathing in only the purest and highest quality fragrances that's what i want in my house so you can sign up for aroma true's insider club and today you'll receive a free waterless oil diffuser and a free lemon eucalyptus oil that's over 200 bucks in savings so go to aromatrueorganics.com kevin to take advantage of this exclusive offer that's dot com forward slash K-E-V-I-N. You can join Aroma True's Insider Club and scent your home organically.
1: You know, here's an example. Um, I had the opportunity this week to do a presentation around uh, the book and some of the new ideas. And it was in uh, Kyle Wilson. It was in his uh, home. It was an inner circle mastermind. So people are sitting around in comfy chairs and couches and there's a kitchen and people are making coffee. And to me, it's like the ultimate ideal experience environment, right? Cause people are, they're engaged. They're around like-minded people, but there's not five monitors and PowerPoints and all the aids that a, a lot of us uh, presenters like to have. <clears throat> so I had to paint everything with the words Mm-hmm. Right. It couldn't, couldn't be, uh, look at this and look at that. It had to be with the words and I can't write legibly. So even the little whiteboard or yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't a help, uh, I didn't even try and it was the crystallization. I mean, it was, it was 16 months of work all put into about a 40 minute presentation and then Q and a around the big ideas, the big thoughts, And at the end of it, uh, I was like, wow, that that came across good. And then I realized, sorry, that may have sounded arrogant, but I I, (laughs) I just, I was like, that went better than I thought because I was a little nervous about, you know. And I have to think that there was probably, um, well, 40 minutes, so, did I put more than forty hours into it? Yeah, so I had more than one hour per minute. Uh, did I put four hundred hours into that? Easy, so I had ten hours per minute. Uh, did I put eight hundred hours into it? Yeah, I probably had twenty hours per minute. See what I'm saying? Is yeah. Is, and, and so how did it how did it flow? I read this this week and one of the secrets to take to doing this uh, effectively is imagine that you've just learned something and you've digested something and now you have to explain it to yeah, a five-year-old. Exactly. Think, <laughs> yes. Yeah. What a great funnel to put your thinking through. Uh-huh. Because I painted the, I I took six words and painted a picture with those six words and everybody got it because guess what? We can use six words. Now, here's what's really cool about this is when you learn from video or from TV or from a movie, your brain goes to sleep. All the creative imagination that normally what your brain does, it it doesn't have to do any of the work because the visualization and the audio and everything fills in the gaps. That's why, uh, the scariest movies, the movies that get us to jump are the ones that don't show you what's just off screen. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. Your brain's trying to fill it in. So now imagine that you're presenting to someone when you say, think of these six words versus PowerPoints and diagrams and the words and all that context that's not there, people actually have to think their way through it. Mm -hmm. They have to sort it in their own mind. And so I think the reason that people remember Zig Ziglar presentations as profoundly as they do, it's because there wasn't Uh, anything other than powerful story to anchor the points. yeah. And I can't tell you, and this isn't every now and then or dozens of times, this is hundreds of times where as an organization, we would get letters and, and, and people would be listening in the car with the whole family of ZigTape. And you've experienced this. And the family gets to where they're going, but the story isn't done. And so one of the kids says, "Wait, we got to finish the story." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, right? you, you know, you've done well then. And that is, uh, to me, that's what great thinking does: is it it distills what it is into a story that a five year old can understand.
0: Well, and it goes to your testimony. Well, we've we've heard the clips from your dad from Zig talking about the amount of time that he spent reading, what he read, and that his goal was to read and learn in a capacity that would allow him to pass that information on, which obviously belies that he's only reading things that he cares enough to actually take in, digest, and be able to offer to someone else. So that concept that your dad had, if I took that for myself, it would require me to audit the input I'm taking in today. So it's like a given day and I've got books available to me. I've got podcasts, I've got blogs, I've got videos, I've got... Uh, an untold amount of good input in. But if I'm going to do like what you said, if I'm going to do that and wrap it up, if my purpose is to say, I'm going to wrap it up with being able to, you said, give an explanation, like to a five-year-old kid. And it's interesting because I was just sitting there typing notes about that same concept. If I looked at everything that I was going to prepare a presentation, like you just talked about doing, or make a case for what I just heard to showcase my knowledge, if I had to write an essay on that, first off, I'd be... even more judicious with what I'm taking in. Because how much interesting input do we take in that we don't really care enough to have to give some essay about it afterwards. So if I'm taking it in like your dad is with the idea of this is something I'm gonna p- impart to others, whether it's my family at the dinner table tonight, or whether it's to my employees or to my employer, or to my coworkers, or to, uh, into a book or a presentation, whatever it may be, I'm really going to be careful about what I am taking in. I'm really going to listen. I'm going to actively listen probably. And I'm going to pause. Or if it's a book, I'm going to mark it up, which I do. And take notes. Active reading. Active listening. Take notes. And then at the end, have paid attention enough. Taken in uh, proactively enough. Comprehending to understand enough to be able to then say, okay, here it is. Here's the essence of this, of what I just took it. And the question is, why do we not do that? Now, you know, just like you talked about, we could exercise. I I may go on a ride today and listen to music because I, I did this the other day for my birthday. I just wanted to be in the flow and I went out and rode for two hours with great music playing and just had an incredibly joyful time. And that was my purpose. And then today I went on a walk and I did not listen to anything because I had a certain thing I wanted to chew on, which I did for 30 minutes or however long I was walking that, you know, so we can have some times when we're listening to a podcast and it's really interesting and fun That's great. But again, if we're budgeting our time and knowing what our intent is, and today though, I have uh, something that's important enough to me that I want to be purposeful in what I'm listening to or what I'm reading so that I get a benefit. So I did that this morning. I listened with one of my sons as we took went to school and listened to a podcast. Uh, matter of fact, I just pulled it up here that I was recommended to listen to uh, by my dad. So my dad, who knows some of the things that I'm interested in, some of the things that I'm currently pursuing, he said, man, Kevin, based on my dad, Dan Miller, who a lot of people know, uh, based on that, you should listen to this episode. And I'll tell everybody it's episode five. 90 of the Jordan Harbinger show. So, I've had Jordan on the show a couple times, a really incredible guy. His podcast just got taken on by a network for somewhere in the high seven figures, I'm told. Um, His interview here was with a guy named Andy Norman, and it's the search for a better way to think. It's an incredible discussion. On our beliefs and why we believe things and some of the essence of it was when our beliefs are tied to our identity, we will hold on to them, grasp on to them more so than actual truth, because now it's associated with our identity. We're just going to fight for it because it's attached to us. And he talk, he's talking about how that is really being detrimental in our culture right now. Well, that is something that I've been discussing. I've been pondering and I've been questioning. And so that was sent to me. So I am listening, listening to it to understand I'm pausing it and taking notes because it's something I want to be able to impart. I want to talk to other people, whether it's my audience, my community, my family, my guys that I meet with on Friday, because this is something that we're talking about is belief and about faith so it's a purposeful listening uh, in that and that is something again that i want to be able to understand for my own benefit and discuss with other people it's a great muse for the things that we're taking in and it really to me tom kind of divides the input into what am i listening to for i'm going to say entertainment and some people are going to balk at that because they're going to say no i'm really interested in that thing if you're not listening in a way that you want to fully understand, take notes, digest, and be able to impart to somebody else or explain to somebody else, then I'm going to put it in the entertainment. Is that fair, Tom? Is that is that too uh, is that too much of a gap that learning or entertainment?
1: yeah, and and I, this is the challenge is when we say, gosh, you know you should only and you should be intentional about everything you read and listen to, all your input. And it should only move you closer to your why, your purpose, your identified goal, unless you clearly express that it's entertainment. There's a middle ground in there, and that's this. I call it the glue. And the glue is, gosh, I love uh, animals and animal facts. And, you know, I like to learn about the platypus and the sugar glider and all these mm-hmm what does that have to do with what I do, right? Very, very little. But when you start like going into these different areas, just kind of on a inquisitive search, it starts connecting things that you had no idea connected, right? It starts, it it builds a wider web or a wider foundation. It lets you know that, hey, there's a lot more out there uh, that you don't understand. And so one of the, um, one of the mantras that I love is, you know, you don't argue to win the argument, you argue to discover the truth, right? We get together to, and I know with black swan events, like the pandemic, uh, the people who are highly focused on identity Mm -hmm. and who are most likely to be biased, like everything's through the bias filter of what they know to be true. Sure. Confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they're the ones who have the most difficult time. Right. And so usually uh, a lot of uh, mind games are played because uh, they just play off of routines, you know, Hey, if you, if you could do this or this, what would you pick? Well, they know what you're going to pick because you've always done it. Uh, I remember one uh, thought question was, Hey, you know, you've got, uh three miles left of gas and the gas station to your left is of uh, is five miles the gas station to your right is 10 miles the gas station behind you is seven miles what do you do yeah. and it's trying to get you to pick between the three knowns when you could just keep going straight <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it didn't tell you how far that one was it could be it, whichever direction, left, right, or back, you're going to have to, you're going to have to walk, right? You're going to have to ask, you're going to have to get help. So why not continue forward? And that's what people do is they would rather lean towards, uh, known unhappiness mm-hmm. and the potential of discovery Yeah, because it makes them think out of it. So, uh, I, I like the idea of, Hey, there's, there's purpose driven, knowledge that I need to digest and think through. And then there's entertainment that I probably need some boundaries around. Otherwise it's going to set me back. And then there's just kind of discovery stuff that I should feel good about just to, over, and, and not necessarily that I have to, to go into deep thinking about what does that mean, but just to get an understanding of, of, you know, how, how is it that that relates to everything else? I already know well, Dad always said, when you add one new idea to something you've already, uh, know, then that that's where creativity explodes.
0: You are listening to the Ziegler show and my conversation with Tom Ziegler about taking the time to think we'll be right back. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone today. Shopify has fixed all that. When we fast, we stop eating food and allow our body to repair. The research on the benefits and the reset is profound. The problem is we like food. We're addicted to food. Me too. Missing a meal or a day of eating is terrifying to a lot of people. So here is Prolon. It's a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making the cells believe they're fasting. Prolon is not a diet. It's science based on Nobel Prize winning discoveries in medicine. Prolon provides a five day program where you get snacks and soups and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasting state while taking away the difficulty and mindset of deprivation. I've fasted for five days with nothing but water, and my physical and mental state was incredible. My struggle was just Mm -hmm. wanting to fulfill my habit of eating. It was significant. Prolon took that away. It's amazing. I feel like I'm cheating, but getting the benefits of fasting. So right now, Prolon is offering what drives you listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. So go to prolonlife.com slash Kevin. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash Kevin for the special offer. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I, I think that that's a, a great middle ground of those two. And as you were talking about it, I, I wrote down, yeah, just just interest, personal interest, uh, curiosity, because I heard, I heard that coming out as you were talking about mm-hmm. it. You, you have some things that you're curious about, you enjoy it. It gives you joy and gives you inspiration. As I think about that, yeah, I have some things that fall into that category too. But then it helps me in my proactive budgeting of my day to know, okay, yeah, how much time, as you said, am I going to devote to or give to, I shouldn't even say devote, we don't usually devote, we just give ourselves over to entertainment, which I love that, I I think as much as anyone else, uh, but how much of my day is entertainment. Likewise, how much learning and to some degree, man, I can only take about so much in-depth learning too. I mean, I do have some finite aspects of my brain and intellect and it can be as as exciting as it may be. It can be taxing. So, but how much am I going to learn intentionally be seeking out to learn? And I like the idea of where do I want progress and transformation in my life? And how am I feeding that? And am I really digging in to learn and transform? And now you gave a third. I don't know that we have a title for it. Curiosity, joy, inspiration, interest. I think you said the word interest Uh, that is enjoyable and yeah, inspiring. I I like creativity. It expands our creativity by exposing us to other things. Um, You know, this is a I pulled out a book. I don't know what episode of the Ziggler show it was, but we had uh, Nedra uh, Glover-Tawab. She wrote, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And she is a current day voice on uh, boundaries. That is an area I am looking to find transformation for my personal life. It is not the most fun thing that I'm studying right now, but it's an area that I know I need to grow in. So it's a budgeting of my day, usually in my morning where I'm saying, I'm going to, I'm going to do, you know, this is enjoyable. This part's not, but this is an area I need to feed transformation. So I am budgeting time for that and taking notes and then looking literally at my life and go, where am I going to make changes? How am I going to make changes? It's hard work it's not, it's not super enjoyable, but the payoff, I'm obviously looking to either achieve a desire or a goal or solve a problem. Uh, For me, I tend to think about it as problems I have created in my life by my lack of boundaries. So this is an area that I am working on to feed and I want to make, I want to chew. I've got to sit there and think about my life and think about, and I'm, I'm literally journaling, you know, back to your writing. It is a, Again, I don't want to hold it up as the Holy grail, the only grail, but it's, it's, it's one that we have. If I look at the bookshelf behind me and the one behind you, we've got a lot of journalers that have benefited from working out their thoughts, working out their ideas, chewing on these things, and then coming out with here is, are their authentic thoughts, decisions, directions that they're going to go as a. Result. It's it, that is a hard one. Yeah, coming back to your writing, that is a that is one that, that I would say. Even if you don't have a propensity for it, there's room to do that. Even if you may say, yeah, I don't like exercise. Yeah, well, you should do it anyways. Ah, I don't really like vegetables. That's nah, still probably best. You do that. Uh, this isn't all about our personal desires and, and and likes. There's some things that we just need to take our vitamins. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Dad was famous for saying, "You don't have to
1: like everything. You need to do." Yeah. Yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, so. In sales, a lot a lot of people don't like prospecting. Hey, you don't have to like it to be good at it, but you do have to do it in order to be good at sales. Yeah. So like isn't necessarily a requirement. Yeah. Uh, we have a society and a culture that's built on happiness and liking stuff. Mm-hmm. Wait a second, who said we had to like everything? Yeah. What we like is what we should love is the end result. Yeah. And so if we get focused and take joy just in the process, then that gets us closer to where we want to go. You know, uh, the question, this also goes back to that question. What was the one thing that Zig Ziglar did that made him who he was? And it's the same thing we can all do is he just dedicated time every day to taking in new information for the purpose of benefiting someone else Mm -hmm. And then he would simplify it, put it in his own words, and then share it with others. And that's really what thinking is. And he did so much of that through the written word. Um, He wordsmithed his speeches, which became the written word. And then he wrote, which became his speeches. It was kind of a give and take, but they were crystallized. But the thing that made uh, his process his process is the, the purpose was to benefit someone else. Mm -hmm. And so, um, gosh, you know, if you had a few months to live, like suddenly the doctor said, Hey, you've got a few months to live and you had kids and you wanted to leave a message that would hopefully, you know, help build a legacy after you were gone, what would you say? Right? What would you tell them? That's a great place to start. It is. Right. That's a great place to start. And then what do you wish you'd have done different? And and what are the what are the discoveries you've made along the way? You start really getting good at thinking and crystallizing those things. And then it then it has other opportunities.
0: Right? It it can grow in so many different directions. Taking that on the responsibility to impart. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone who's listening to this show does not feel that and want to embrace that to some degree. But if we look at that as, yeah, that's what I saw, That's why I see the example of your dad is he felt the responsibility to impart and he put the work in. So am I doing that for my self, my family, my audience, my friends, uh, and man, I want that from them as well. I'm so grateful for the amount of time that you take to study and learn and impart to me. Uh, I am a grateful recipient, Tom. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great topic. We'll keep talking on this on are we budgeting time to stop the next input opportunity and taking time to digest it, to think on it so we can impart it to others and take action on it ourselves. Thank you, brother. Good stuff. Hey, I'm like you. I'd rather have a stone tablet fall out of the sky and tell me what to do today to ensure my success. But regardless of your faith, we are left with some thinking, some discerning. We'll be talking further about this issue and how to engage with it and take action in our personal lives in the Driven to Live community. You can find it at kevinmiller.co. It's $45 per month, which ensures that those people in there are in there to invest in themselves and each other for real conversation leading to real growth. I mean, I could attempt to offer you the five secrets and seven keys to millions of dollars overnight, which is a great hook, but it's going to take real conversations about what you really need to progress and it doesn't sell as easily to say that, but I'd rather offer what matters and is true than hype you into a perception of something else. Today, we had our weekly live zoom call together and talked about the soundtracks of our lives that help and hurt us. And it's what we talked about in episode 945. And I had a conversation with John Acuff who authored that book recently. It was just significant. So again, come to kevinmiller.co. If you got questions, concerns, or whatever about joining, just email us at kmiller, K as in Kevin, kmiller at kevinmiller.co. Coming up next in episode 951 of The Ziggler Show, I bring you Jonathan Fields, This is the second time I've had Jonathan on the show. He has an incredible podcast called The Good Life Project, and he has a new work profile I'm using with myself, my family, my Driven to Live community, and with my coaching clients. You can find it at SparkType. It's S-P-A-R-K-E-T-Y-P-E dot com. Uh, It's a free uh, profile there. And in this next episode, we dig into the styles further that he has in his new book called sparked. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media,